Hi everyone, welcome back to Medical Musings with Sam. I've been promising that I'm going to talk about hair loss. So today's podcast is that, it's all about hair loss. It's all about the impacts that hair loss has on us when we are dealing with chronic illness and hair loss is so often a side effect to medications, to just part of our disease, to our bodies being stressed, to lots of surgeries. There's a whole range of reasons as to why we may suddenly be facing hair loss, whether we're females or males, it can affect us all when we least expect it. So I hope today's episode helps you on your hair loss journey in terms of finding a way to live with it, to accept it and to embrace it to a large degree. So thanks for listening and here we go. Let's talk about hair loss. A while ago, I took the plunge and made a hairdresser's appointment to get a shorter cut. Sounds pretty normal, doesn't it? But for me, it was huge. Over the past five years, since my leg broke and following each major surgery, my hair has been breaking off in chunks. I'm not sure if it's gone out in sympathy with my broken bones, but whatever the case, I have quite significant gaps in my hair where it should be longer in length. Instead, it is short and stubby and actually now has bald patches on top too. It would be probably considered to be the female balding pattern, so very much on sort of the crown. So I was left with a tiny bit of fringe with very little hair on top in um, kind of a round circle. So quite devastating to suddenly touch your head and just not be able to feel hair. I've always had fine hair, but I've had enough of it. You know, I've had lots of it. So to then have fine balding hair, that's a whole different ball game. We all lose hair. It's not uncommon to see your hairbrush full of wispy strands after a period of time. I spoke to a dermatologist about this some time ago and she said it's cyclical for everyone, but it's the amount of hair loss that's the issue. Spasmodically, I just started noticing some long strands between my fingers when I was washing my hair in the shower. And I just thought, look, it must just be strays or too much hairspray. Probably the latter, as I do love to style my hair. And let's face it, the odd layer of cement to hold it into place is very necessary sometimes. But I was not expecting what happened a little while ago. After applying shampoo and gently lathering, I rinsed and I applied conditioner and I began to run my fingers through my hair to allow the conditioner to infiltrate the ends. It all felt smooth and healthy and I felt the few normal wispy strands in my fingers so I thought, okay, that's all right. But then to my complete surprise and shock, I looked down and I found a handful of wet brown hair in my hand. I felt sick. This wasn't normal. I ran my fingers through again thinking I must have had a large knot that I'd unknowingly pulled out. But sure enough, more hair came out. Not quite as much, but definitely more than should. There was no denying I was now experiencing real hair loss. I've been able to quite cleverly disguise it with styling, but over the last I don't know, probably five or six months, you can definitely see that the bald patches are on top. And my husband is 
my look, he's my best friend. And if anyone's going to be honest with me, it's him. And he he has made mention of it as well and said, you know, yeah, I can see that. And he wasn't being cruel. He always tells me I look beautiful even when I don't. So if he says it's not looking right anymore, it is definitely not looking right. So I've never been a fan of short hair on me, but I'm getting used to a shortish bob. And I think it's definitely time that I go even a little bit shorter. Hair loss is a real issue for many of us suffering from autoimmune diseases and even more extreme for many cancer patients who just completely lose their hair. Some may think it's the least of our problems. My immunologist certainly does. He's a lovely man, but I remember this was years ago when I was first on methotrexate for rheumatoid arthritis. I was starting to lose a little bit of hair then. Um, And he wasn't incredibly compassionate when I first raised the topic. His view was that it was more important to have the right medication to control my disease. And you know what? He's right. He's right. You know, we need to be able to do what we need to do for health. Um, And hair loss is is something that we need to manage. So, you know, I have more serious issues in many regards than hair loss. My broken bones are far more serious, but it's still important. So I don't think that we should just sweep it under the rug either. I think we need to talk about it and I think we need to find ways to manage it. My grandmother lost most of her hair and needed to wear a wig and two of my aunties experienced significant hair loss too. So there's definitely a hereditary link going on and it may be that this would have happened to me anyway. So as I said, hair loss does matter even if it doesn't. It's really important to feel we are looking the best we possibly can, especially when health is compromised. Do you know, even in the Bible, there's a verse in Luke 12, verse 7 that says, Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So even God cares about the number of hairs on our head. It's not something just to be pushed aside. It's not something to feel bad about if you're feeling upset about hair loss. Even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. My beautiful hairdresser explained to me last visit that we lose significant amount of hair post-major surgery and she also said that hair loss doesn't generally start until about three months after the surgery or a stressful situation like moving house, death of a loved one, etc. Look, I've had it all. I've had so many surgeries back to back, like three months apart. So lots of general anaesthetic. None of that is going to help me. I'm on medication that can cause hair loss. Um... I've, you know, had, I've moved house. <laughs> um, so many things have happened and I have had um, loved ones pass away as well. So, you know, lots of things have happened. So there's many reasons why my hair would be falling out. So it all began to make sense. And it all, I sort of sat back and thought, well, little wonder I'm starting to go bald. So, oh, well, it's just hair after all, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. If worse comes to worse, I can eventually consider a wig. That might even be easier, right? Well, I'll talk about that in a minute because all of those things that we think might be easy actually are not all that easy when you've got a chronic illness and we need to factor that into it as well. Some of those things may be easy for people who are just experiencing hair loss alone and have physical capabilities to manage wigs and manage hair toppers and manage products but when you've got chronic illness you generally 
for a lot of the time, not feeling very well. Your energy levels aren't what they should be. Your mobility issues are, you know, hindrances to being able to um, stay in the bathroom for very long, for example. So I'll talk about that soon. But for now, let's keep talking about hair loss. So hair loss won't kill us, but it is a symptom of an underlying cause. I know what's causing mine, but if you're not sure, speak to your hairdresser. That's a good starting point. And then you may also need to see a dermatologist who can actually review what's happening with your hair. So speaking to a dermatologist, it's helpful and important if it's worrying you. I think that's the key thing here. If your hair loss is worrying you, please go and see a dermatologist. They are trained to assess hair loss and investigate the causes. But don't feel bad for feeling sad. Loss of any kind brings a sense of grief. Hair loss is a form of loss, so you are going to feel sad no matter your normal sunny disposition. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to feel like it's the last straw. We endure so much with our chronic diseases. Once though you've acknowledged your grief, and remember last episode we spoke about that grief process and we've been speaking about the five G's of change as well. So go back to those if you're suffering hair loss and have a think about where you're at in terms of your grief process. But once we've got through that grief and we're sort of maybe halfway through even just at that kind of grappling stage or grasping stage of, of what this new situation is, We need to think about ways to live with our hair loss. So will a new hairstyle cover the issue? Speak to your hairdresser. Is something systemic happening? Speak to your GP and ask for a referral to a dermatologist. Will a pretty scarf or a ponytail solve a temporary hair loss issue? Or a nice hat for a guy? Just put a cap on. (laughs) Have fun. Try new looks. Is it time for a wig? Speak to a wig expert. Someone who helps cancer patients is a really good place to start. They understand other medical causes of hair loss as well. So, look, I'm really talking about people that are starting out on your hair loss road. I want you firstly to know that you're not alone. It's not an easy road, but it's not insurmountable. You've got this and together we've got this. So I want to talk about now a few tips in relation to what I have tried with hair loss. And it's been a journey, I've got to say. Um, I wrote a blog post called Wigs, Hats, Scarves or A Natural. (laughs) And, you know, there's a lot of decisions to be made. So how, how have I gone about this? Fast forward six months or so since the beginning of when I started to, to go bald. And as I said, um, my crown, my fringe and the back of my head have significant bald patches. There's just no hiding it, no point denying it, no escaping it. I need to deal with it. I need to deal with it physically and I need to deal with it emotionally. I never thought I would ever use the word comb over in relation to my hairstyling, but here goes. I can use the comb over technique to make the front of my hair look lush and normal with lots of hairspray. The only problem is then the back of my hair is left with gaping holes. I can comb my hair and tease it a little bit on the crown 
But then I'm left with a bald patch and wispy fringe, which is nothing short of ugly. And I'm not going to deceive myself on that point. I don't like it. I stare in the mirror in disbelief. But I have to believe it, though. It's real. It's not a matter of maybe it's thinning or worrying about I'm going bald. It's actually happening. It's here. It's happening to me. I'm not reading it in a textbook. I'm looking at it on my head. And you know what? I actually don't like it. Not for one minute. I'm being brutally honest here because I'm pretty sure 95% of women would feel the same. I know it can sound incredibly brave to say, I'm so pleased about this or I can accept this and I'm quite happy with the way I look. And I'm really pleased for people that can do that. But I don't like it. I can accept it. I can live with it. I'm not crying about it. But I don't like it. I don't care about having lots of of short hair or long flowing locks. I'm just happy with a layer of hair that covers my scalp. Please, just a layer of hair that covers my scalp. And you know what? I still hold out hope that it may grow back. And actually, over the last few um, weeks, I have increased my prednisone dose because I've needed to because of my pain levels. And interestingly enough, my hair has started to get a little thicker and new growth has started to appear. So there is hope. But I'm also aware that's because I'm on that dose of prednisone. So that hope might soon, you know, fly away. Um, And I need to be aware of that. I need to not be delusional about that either. So options. Are there any? You know what? There are. There are many options. When a woman loses her hair, and I am going to speak to the women here for a little bit because it does affect us, you know, I think to the core of us to a large degree. But we do have a whole range of options that are before us to help us cope and live with this newfound baldness. So I want to go through them with you because I have tried a lot of them. And I want to tell you what's worked for me um, and what, you know, you can consider trying for yourself because it does depend on where you were at in terms of how much hair you've lost, what your um, mobility um issues are so whether you you are able to have the energy to play around a little bit or whether you just need a really simple quick solution that helps you get dressed every day and makes you feel good about yourself so first of all let's look at wigs full or toppers I perhaps considered the ultimate option and they can look wonderful but there are issues one they need to fit well Two, they can feel hot and heavy and there are a lot of messing around involved, Um, particularly when you buy um, either a wig or a topper, you'll probably find that you need to get it thinned out um, or restyled slightly to suit your your face and just to suit um, the look that you want. So, you know, you need to find a hairdresser who's able to cut um, and thin wigs as well. So, that's one thing to remember. Thirdly, they're not cheap and um, they can generally only last up to 12 months as well. There are lots of products, obviously, to care for them. So if you look after them, then it may last longer than that. But um, you do need to care for them. You do still need to wash them. You do still need to, um, you know, put products in them, etc., to make sure that you keep them at their optimum. So As I said, you need to care for your wig as you would your own hair, so it's not quite as easy as others think. If you still have some of your own hair, 
You may still want to colour it for those times when you just can't bear something foreign on your head. So there's no getting out of that task as well, um, unless, of course, you want to shave it off altogether and then you can just wear a full wig. Um, I'm not mentally prepared to do that yet. So, And I do have quite a significant amount of hair still on the sides and at the back in terms of length. So for me, um, you know, I'm not, I don't need to do that yet. But they're, they're options. With a topper, um, a lot of people don't know what a topper is. It's kind of like a half wig. So it, it clips into the top of your hair and you can get um, a whole range of colours uh, to blend with your existing hair. And look, they really do look lovely. And a lot of people use them anyway, uh, just from a fashion perspective. So, um, but well worth getting through, as I said, somebody who understands medical issues so um, people that provide hair for uh, cancer patients is a great place to start in relation to that and then there's lots of choices there's human hair or there's synthetic hair and research that I'm, I'm not going to go into all of that because it really is a personal choice I think as to whether you want to wear human hair or whether you do prefer to have synthetic hair um, the synthetic hair can come in heat resistant as well. So you are able to style it, but then there are other synthetic hair toppers and wigs where you actually can't um, have it anywhere near heat. So you, you wouldn't be able to style it. So there's things like that that you need to consider as well. So the next thing to consider once you've thought about wigs, and um, I have to say I have given up on wigs and partly um, – for me, I wasn't using a full wig anyway, I was using a topper, but it's just a little bit too fiddly for me to clip it in and um, get it right. But also the other thing is, it does look lovely when it's on. I um, do have to have rest periods during the day where I lie down. So, um, you know, once you lie down and you've got a topper on your head, it kind of goes a bit awkward and then you've got to redo it and I don't want to be doing that all day so for me I've decided it's just not for me but don't rule it out because they really are a wonderful solution and if you are still working um, and you want to look the best that you possibly can look if I was working I would wear one they're just fantastic in that regard so yeah check them out wigs or toppers uh, but if you're in the early stages of hair loss I'd definitely check out toppers so the next thing that I tried is scarves, head wraps, hats, turbans and bandanas. All valid options that you need to consider and try. And look, they have their pros. They're really easy to pop on. They come in so many styles and colours and they can look casual, smart or elegant. But they also have their cons. Now I live in Australia, which is hot, so they can be hot on my head. My disease causes me to really feel the heat. So while it's summer, I've had to face the reality that they are not working for me. Um, I've just We've just gone through our winter and they've been so much better. So that's been great. I've been able to wear hats and scarves and um, bandanas and um, absolutely loved it. I have um, found a, a bandana product, which I will mention. Um, it's a John Renau product. Uh, pre-tied bandana and they're really lovely they're cotton and they're all cotton lined um, and they have a slight um, 
uh, broadly anglaise pattern through them and come in a multitude of colors so they're plain as i said with this with this light pattern through them so you can wear them with anything they're not going to clash with any pattern tops that you're wearing um, and just pop them on tie them at the back of your head and they really do look nice and i have a range of those uh, in different colors so um, that's been probably my favorite I have to say suits me and um yeah so so you'll find something that will suit you in terms of scarves scarves are beautiful and you can buy a selection of scarves for very little cost the issue with scarves is then if they're not pre-tied you've got to tie them and if you've got you know issues with your arms or your hands that can be a problem for people with chronic illness so with bandanas and scarves and head wraps, um, which again can just be popped straight on, and they're either going to suit you or they're not. You're either going to like them or you're not. Try them. That's my best advice there. Just try them. The range of choices can become expensive, though. The more you want to try, obviously you've got to buy them to try them, generally, if, if unless you can get out and go to a shop, which I can't do. So generally I um, buy online a couple of products and see what I think. So as I said, I wear mostly pattern tops. So I've had to source non-pattern headwear unless I can find patterns that match, you know, some of my clothing. Uh, and that's proved a bit of a challenge apart from those bandanas that I was just talking to you about. I love, though, the pattern scarves and turbans, um, but I really can't afford to change my whole wardrobe to make that suit. And I like to be coordinated, so that matters to me. So it depends on your style and what matters to you. But really do recommend looking into scarves and, and pre-tied scarves and bandanas and um, turbans, particularly if you have severe chronic illness, disabling chronic illness, and you just need a quick solution every day. Feeling good about how we look, it's so important to our overall well-being, especially when your primary disease has already robbed you of so much. I've decided for the moment I'm more comfortable with my own balding locks. I'm wearing bandanas, but I've also found as my hair is starting to grow back a little, I'm able to use uh, products which are called um fibers hair fibers so it's a little bit like um you brush on or you you like powder on um like a colored talcum powder i guess and it attaches itself to the regrowth um or the very thin or hair that's there that perhaps doesn't have any color at all and it gives you a look of thickness and um, takes that that baldness away so you can comb your hair or style your hair and and look pretty much normal so I'm at that point at the moment where I can start to do that which has been really lovely and I'm actually using a product from um, Clairol nice and easy because when I do color my hair at home that's I use their product and I just always have. I just like it. It's and I'm certainly not sponsored to to um, promote them, but it's just that's just what I use. So they have a, a what they call a root touch up powder, and it comes in a little case like a, a bit like a, a eyeshadow, I guess, um, or a blusher, and that kind of thing. And so it's got a little brush in it, and literally you just brush the color into the roots of your hair, and it colors it beautifully. You get the you can get the color that matches, obviously the color that you've been using. Um, but look, lots of um, 
there's lots of products out there. Lots of brands are doing it nowadays as well. So you'll find things like L'Oreal and um, I think even Garnier and, and other people too have these kind of products. So whatever, you know, is your favourite um your favourite provider in terms of hair products, then um, have a look. Have a look at their website and see what you can find. But that is a really good idea and it does work if you have uh, very little hair loss but enough to make you feel like you want to do something to thicken your hair. So as I said, basically, and that's suiting me because it gives me that really natural look and I I like that you know I know my hair I like how it frames my face yes it does still have a few visible bald spots so it's not ideal but I am so tired of the whole process of finding a workable solution to cover my head it's exhausting my bone disease is screaming at me and my pain's through the roof and my face has always needed height on the crown and it takes time to even arrange like a pre-tied lightweight headscarf on my head to get it right And you know what? I just got to the point where I just simply can't be bothered worrying about it anymore. And maybe that's the key. Maybe that's the key to acceptance with hair loss. You do so much work about it all that in the end you're just so exhausted you just look in the mirror and go, you know what? I really don't care anymore. (laughs) So maybe that's where I've arrived. So aside from that, jokes aside, I have still taken some steps. So I've coloured what's left of my hair, a really lovely chestnut brown. It's filled in some of the gaps and then that helps with that other product that I use to colour in pretty much my scalp. Um, And it gives me the appearance of more hair. So I'm happy with that for the time being. I've got my wig topper. Um, My hairdresser has thinned it for me and so if I want to use it I can she's cut a fringe in it Um, we had a lot of fun doing that I have the most amazing hairdresser who um, visits me at home and I cannot thank her enough for doing that she's just a breath of fresh air and um, she travels 45 minutes as well I used to live obviously closer to her when she first started visiting me but um, yeah she still she still visits me when I need her and I just um, feel incredibly blessed to have someone in my life like that so I'm sure I'll use the topper some days it is an absolutely beautiful color but for now I'm embracing my baldness I feel more at peace about the decision than any other option so it seems our natural is sometimes the best option our own features despite their flaws are ours they fit they suit us they belong don't underestimate your natural assets even if they're a bit worse for wear I'm finally feeling happier with where I've arrived at this stage of my hair loss journey. And oh my goodness, what a journey it is. I've been on many journeys. I've told my story at the start of my podcast. And next episode, I'm going to share my stoma story with you. And that is a huge one. So, you know, I've been through many, many difficult paths. So why has hair loss seemed so hard? Crazy, isn't it? But you know, some things just stump us and I guess it's because it's maybe it's not invisible. <laughs> maybe that's the thing. Lots of other things have been invisible, only I can see them. But, yeah, hair loss is not invisible. It is something that tells the whole world that there's something going on. So, you know, don't feel bad if you feel bad about it. But there are solutions. And, look, I hope that this podcast episode has helped you sort of think about your options and realise that you're not alone, that even the, the most um, cheerful of us can have a bit of a, a, a road bump when it comes to certain things that happen with chronic illness. And for me, it's hair loss. So, yeah, 
I hope that you find a solution. And, you know, if you do, if you find something that really, really works for you, I'd love to hear about it. So um, don't, don't be afraid to send me a comment and um, let me know what's worked for you. And then I might be able to share it as well on another episode with other people and collect some ideas. So thanks again for listening. Next episode, as I said, I'm going to talk about my stoma story. Um, I made some mention of it at the very beginning when I started my podcast when I told my overall story, but there is a whole story behind why I have a permanent colostomy. And I know lots of people have stomas and I think it's um, something that we need to raise awareness of. It's something that scares a lot of people as well. It makes them think... um, you know, if it happened to them, what would they do? And I know a lot of people really freak out about it. So I hope that I can take some of that fear away in terms of um, sharing my story, but also sharing how it has made the world of difference to me as well. So we've covered hair loss, stoma story next time. And then um, I'm going to talk to you about the day my femur broke. That is um, a really beautiful story in what was a really horrific day. So lots more to share with you. So I hope you'll stick around. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And it's just, um, yeah, it's just a joy to be able to share my experiences in the hope that it might just make your own journey just that little bit easier to know you're not alone. There are ways to get through these things and we can together be even stronger as we share our stories and as we, um, I guess, come together as a community. And that's happening more and more in the chronic illness health community. And it's just beautiful to see the support that is taking place in Facebook groups, um, YouTube, podcasts, Instagram, you know, lots is said in a bad way about social media but the more I am using it to reach out to others I just feel that it has a lot of good about it as well so you know that's a good thing let's celebrate the things that are working and um, let's continue to journey together as we continue to muse about all things medical thanks everybody talk to you very soon